This is the Becoming a Dangerous Man podcast, where men come together in the fight to restore honor to masculinity, faith in family, and pride in country. Keyboard warriors and talking heads have labeled masculinity toxic and patriotism extremism. Waiting for a return to normal isn't an option. The fight starts now. Fellow warriors, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Phil Anderton, a 20-year military veteran, husband, father, and a man on his own path to becoming dangerous. In today's episode, it is a part two. Part one was last week. If uh, We'll do a quick recap for those of you that haven't got a chance to listen. I encourage you to go back. Um, this episode can kind of stand alone, so you don't need to listen in order. But um, we're talking about the threat triangle. And when becoming a dangerous man, we're, we've accepted that we're taking a stand against the enemy, right? The enemy being the status quo, mediocrity. Uh, a lot of people online saying a lot of stupid things that really don't have an impact on our lives unless we let them. Obviously, we're making the case that uh, we don't want blue check marks and, you know, media talking heads speaking for us and our family. And this kind of goes into the dangerous man and specifically becoming a threat. So when we learn deadly force in the military, you learn the enemy has to have a gun. They have to be pointing it at you. And basically in the military, they have to shoot at you first before you're supposed to shoot back. Right. And again, um, I'm, I'm not special forces or anything. So I'm only speaking for like very general military training here uh, when it comes to a gun. So what they call that is the threat triangle. And it's a person needs to have the opportunity to harm you with a capability and they need to show intent. So for us, for in the civilian world, essentially, um, kind of the same philosophy, right? For self-defense, right? It needs to be where you had no other choice. You couldn't get away. You couldn't take cover. Um, and this person, the enemy ha is intending to harm you or, or your loved ones. And this is the threat triangle. And this is the, what we're doing is we're taking the threat triangle and we're flipping it and we're making ourselves dangerous by creating opportunities for ourselves. We are increasing our skills and capabilities and we are understanding our intent, right? That's your purpose, your why, your passion, like what drives you to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, so with that, today is part two, which is increasing capability. And when we talk about capability, there's, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. We have four specific, right? I called them tactics last week, but we have four things that we're going to focus on, right? And never being satisfied, right? Accepting room for improvement. Um, you can teach an old dog new tricks, right? So at any level where you are now, there's room for improvement. And what I, what I will also say with increasing capability is maybe you, um, right? Maybe you particularly, there's something you're just not good at, or you're not, or it would take forever to be good at, right? That immediately makes me think, well, that goes into your battle team and the importance of a support network and, and the people around you, right? There's, I am never going to, not because I can't, just because I don't want to, like mechanics is not my thing, right? I would rather pay somebody to work on my car. I know the basics, oil change, battery, um, but if I really needed to get into my car, I have several friends who are good mechanics, right? That's a small example of something where um, you can shore up some weakness with your battle team, with the people closest to you. Now, obviously in a really bad situation, right? Is it possible you're going to lose access to those people because they're going to have their own problems? Absolutely. 
Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I can walk if I need to get somewhere. So maybe that's not the greatest example, but, um, needless to say, right. Your capability you bring to a fight or an emergency response, right? Especially when we're talking about dangerous man, because we're talking about responding to emergencies. We're talking about preventing bad situations. We're talking about, you know, last week we talked about tactical control, the difference between leadership and tactics. Tactics is more so uh, movement of forces in combat. So for us, it's a, a very bad situation and ability to immediately take control to either minimize damage or eliminate a threat, right? So when we talk about increasing our capability, we have four things at becoming a dangerous man that we're going to focus on, right? And they're not in a particular order. Um, I said that last week too with awareness, but um, I will say the first one for increasing capability, I do fully believe in being the foundation, right? And that's your fitness, Okay, I could probably go on for hours on the importance of fitness. Um, so we're going to start with, I think this is like a Wikipedia definition or something. But biology states being able to provide for one's own life and well-being. The fittest are those who can do so the best. So the reason I like that definition, um, using the biology definition, the fittest are those who can do so best. Well, what's best? provide for one's own life and well-being. So the reason I like that is because it has nothing to do with your bench press or your body weight, right? So it doesn't matter. You don't, it, it that by that definition, you don't have to be Rich Froning or Tia Tara Toomey. Uh, uh, I might be messing that name up. Uh, cross, you don't have to be a CrossFit athlete. You don't, it doesn't say you have to be a martial artist to be fit, right? So I really want you guys to think about that, like fitness to each their own. I choose to work out. I'm a decent runner, but I'm not a great runner. I'm a decent swimmer. I'm not a great swimmer. I'm pretty good at like lifting weights and moving heavy objects and, you know, recovering. And uh, I'm a pretty good sprinter. But again, I, I don't run a particularly fast 5K or 10K. I can run for a long time, but I generally get much, much slower. Right. But these are trade offs. Right. These aren't things, you know, I'm not a gymnast. I'm not very good at gymnastics or like the stuff I see guys do on or, or girls do with yoga and their body and their ability to control. I can't do that. Right. So that that is something that is very hard for me. I say all that to say, don't let fitness, the word deter you and think you need a certain body type or you need a certain bench press. Um, that's not what fitness is. Right. So how do we apply this to becoming dangerous? Well, if we are becoming a threat, right, then it, it goes without saying, and it'll tie into the next one on, and I'll just give you a heads up, self-reliance, right? So fitness and self-reliance. What is self-reliance? Reliance on one's own powers and resources rather than those of others. So immediately, do you notice a theme here with our first two uh, topics or tactics on increasing your capability? Fitness, a base of fitness, right? If you're comfortable at your current weight and ability, okay. But you should also be able to acknowledge that we all have room for improvement. Even me as somebody who spends more time in the gym, I need to make adjustments because at times when the weights get heavier and I'm getting stronger, well, my joints start to hurt more. My knees start to hurt more. My elbows start to hurt more. And I have to remind myself like, hey, I got to walk up and down stairs. You know, I got to pick up kids. I got to I got to do things. So I am constantly adjusting my 
weightlifting routine based on how my body feels because I understand that in a threat situation, it is not going to be beneficial for my knees to hurt or my back to be so sore from deadlifting. Yeah, I'm proud of that deadlift, but if it if it hampers me in a situation, then it serves me no purpose, right? And so again, fitness, so important. Um, I, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes with this. I really just want to inspire you listening like this is your definition of, of fitness and, and, and look it up for yourself and see provide for one's own life and well-being. The fittest are those who can do so best. So that is saying if you can provide for your own life and well-being, then you are the fittest. That's you. Right. So so our definition works like this is a life definition of fitness right? Your ability to move, to deter, to defend, to respond, right? If you're comfortable at your body weight to do that, then you're fit. Now, you know, again, doctors and blood tests and things like that, that's between you and your doctor. You know, I, I can't preach anything like that because I'm not a doctor, right? I'm here on a general sense to tell you um, if you can provide for your own life and well-being and you are fit enough, I don't think anybody's fit enough, but certainly fitness, this is room for improvement. And, and I'll just say, if if you're not comfortable with your level of fitness, if you're not comfortable with your presence when you walk in a room, if you don't present that hard target we talked about last week with awareness and your presence when you take on a room, then then, then that's a conversation for you in the mirror. You know what I mean? That That's not a conversation for anybody else because nobody else is going to be able to inspire you and motivate you to do what you need to do to be able to provide for your own life and well-being. And again, that definition real quick, it doesn't take into account, you know, a father, a husband, a wife, uh, a mother, you know, there, there's obviously a different level there. And, and and if anything, kids just provide that extra motivation to, you know, make sure you can still jump on the trampoline with them and, um, you know, still go for a walk and play in the park and, you know, if need be, throw down and defend or, you know, uh, get them out of a bad situation. So. We'll wrap up with fitness for now. Obviously, um, those of you that know me know I've lived and breathed fitness for 20 years. Um, Recently, really honed in on my diet and understanding my diet. And that is something I could go into on a one-on-one situation or maybe later on a separate type of uh, separate podcast or separate something. We could talk about some general health tips and health guidelines that that I've seen work uh, across. But for today, we'll just stick with... um, you know, being able to provide for one's own life and well-being and boom, let's go right into self-reliance, reliance on one's own powers and resources. You, you like how I tied those two together? Um, I, I, I know, I know you guys out there and gals, you know, I've been told we got some uh, women, some women listening to us and I couldn't be happier for that. Um, I will just say with that, uh, ladies, if you're listening right now, you can absolutely get something out of this. You can absolutely, you know, become dangerous. Um, I, I just, it's becoming a dangerous man because as I've said, there are men needed to step up. There are men needed to lead. But if you're, if you're on your own or you and your, um, your partner, your husband, your boyfriend are listening, that, that's awesome. There's absolutely a lot of this in here for you. I just, as a man, I, I always try to speak as authentically. That's a word everybody likes to throw around. I just believe as a man, the way I process a lot of this. So if you will, the what and the why, right? You can certainly take a lot of what from this, but as a woman in the way women's biology and women's hormones and women's emotional responses to things, the way that works, 
You just have to process the how a little differently than I can. Whereas a lot of men, when I talk, I think a lot of men will shake their heads and they'll understand because we're coming from a lot of the same places. The only difference would be if you're a woman listening, um, your ability to process the how might be different. Maybe I'm messing up which of the five W's it would be, but that that's my take on that. So definitely appreciate the feedback um, that women are listening and, and not only that, but maybe it'll help you better understand men, better understand where we're coming from. You know, a lot of what I say is from years and years and years of counseling uh, younger men in, in marriages and work problems and relationships in fitness. Um, so a lot of that could also help you understand um, where we're coming from. But certainly on a path to becoming dangerous is not just for men. Uh, I'm just encouraging men uh, from the male perspective and, and how important it is for us to step up in these leadership positions and, and take back control of, you know, essentially our lives being the example that we need to be. So with that self-reliance, um, this kind of goes into DIY, right? Do it yourself. This goes into, you know, not necessarily, I'm not going to say full prepper, but self-reliance. And, and I would include my battle team in this. I would include my community in this. But just the ability, I'll, I'll just say it, right, not to require a handout, not to require, you know, food stamps. And, and it's like all things, right? I, I think social welfare and food stamps and Medicaid and all that stuff is well-intentioned. It was, it, was it was brought up at a time when, hey, you should take care of, I think they say, the sick, the lame, uh, the elderly, right? The, the medically unable. There are some people in society that, that, that we are a good society and, and we should take care of. And then like all things, people find ways to take advantage and they weasel their way in there and then they live off it. And then they become, you know, they basically become indebted to the government. And, and that's kind of what the government wants. Unfortunately, the government wants people relying on it. So it'll just shut up and do what they're told. And self-reliance really strikes against that. It really says, um, you know, I can provide for me and mine, right? I will take care of my own. Um, and that's honestly something I think the world would be a much better place if we didn't need to rely on the government. I mean, I have, I have, a, I have a whole episode I want to do on this, but the social security system may do worse for uh, the generation, for parents, than they realize. And here's what I mean by that, right? If you're a parent and you're brought up and raised to rely on social security, and you know it's coming, guess what you're not doing? You're not investing in your kids, right? Hear me out. Now, now I should say most of us do invest and we mean well for our kids, but you guys know who I'm talking about. The same people who, you know, kind of live off the government and they think, oh, I'll have social security. Well, what's a better idea? You know what a better business model is if you're looking on return on investment? If children are brought up to take care of their parents. And what I mean by that is if parents knew that children needed to get good jobs and and be good stewards in society and and, you know, we wanted them to be doctors and lawyers and laborers and people with, you know, good jobs that 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 they could eventually take care of us. We I'm just going to assume most parents would probably take a little more vested interest in their kids upbringing and in, in going to school and not trying to be their friend and partying because when I'm 70, 80 years old, I'm going to need this guy to take care of me. I'm going to need my daughter to take care of me, right? Because we're going to be a community, a family that takes care. And there are some, um, there are some cultures where it's very common for the parents to move in with the kids. Unfortunately, in America, that is not the norm because we have the government to rely on. 
But I would also argue that means parents at 18 just say, hey, see you later. You know, good luck with your life. Hope you listen. You know, hope you learned everything you did. And me personally, I think I think that's a there could you know, it's a hypothesis. I've never tested it. I don't know the data on it. I don't know how you would test it, but it makes sense to me. So I'm just going to say it. Right. So with self-reliance, uh, that that it, it's easy enough to understand. Rely on yourself. Do not rely on the government. Right. And we can go into all that. Right. DIY, learning new skills, learning gardening, you know, putting a garden in, back, in your backyard if you like vegetables, uh, food storage. Right. Uh, that, that's that's even like having flashlights and batteries. Uh, some of that is self-defense. Right. And, and we'll go into that here in a second. So. Um, so far, we've stated fitness, right, being able to provide for one's own life and well-being and self-reliance, right, reliance on one's own power and resources rather than that of others, right? The third topic we're going to talk about and, and we'll build off of with becoming a threat and increasing your capability is your negotiation skills, right? And this feeds into the fourth one of self-defense. And, and here's why I say that, right? Everybody I follow on podcasting and YouTube, all the former SF, all the big, bad, like martial art, all the, all the guys I follow for self-defense and, and leadership, and they all say, walk away. They all say, swallow your pride, swallow your ego. Don't let your ego get the best of you. And so what that, what that constantly reminds me is if you've gotten to the point where you're in a fight for your life or you're just in a fight over what did you miss right what signs did you miss what happened that you weren't able to walk away from this situation and a lot of times and i don't want to bring law enforcement into this but i have to think kill them with kindness i have to think ego i have to think there's situations now when people are on drugs that's a whole different story i've seen i've seen a few situations where you know people on drugs are just you know they're a zombie they're they're in a different world and that's a different human that, that law enforcement officers dealing with but when somebody pulls somebody over for speeding and they're both assholes, it's just a bad, it's just a bad day. Like that, that just sucks. Like if either one of those people could have just swallowed their pride, but yet you see videos of people saying cops are this and cops are that. And a lot of times I just think, is it just two assholes ran into each other on the same day and they happen to be a different skin color? So now they're this or that, like either of those people. Either of those people could have decided to smile, say please, and say thank you, and could have it de-escalated a situation, you know. And that, and I just think the value of communication, and that's why it's our third um, capability, our third tactic to increasing your capability is you can only control your response to something. You can't force any human being to treat you any kind of way. You can influence that decision. You can influence with a smile you can influence with your tone of voice you can influence with your body language right but to achieve your ideal outcome and we're talking about life here right so whether it's uh shopping bartering whether it's trying to you know the, they're backed up hey, i really need to get to work i really need to do like your ability to work around to essentially clearly communicate what you're hoping to walk away with like what is your priority like like i tell my troops right make your priority their priority if you just casually like yeah i need some help with this okay you know i'll get to you when i get to you you know leaders are busy right and if you take that and you walk away hey close mouths don't get fed man you have to be able to communicate you have to be able to inflect your priority to make it my priority so that i'll help you get after what you want right 
So communication, right? And that kind of goes back into emotional intelligence. And we're going to emotion, we're going to talk about a little more with intent, but your emotional IQ is critical. Your ability to, hey, I get it. You don't like how this person's talking to you, but are you only going to make it worse, right? If we talk, if we think value added, then thinking all kinds of things and getting angry and getting in our feelings and all this, are you making it better or worse, right? So emotions play a huge role in your ability to negotiate a conversation, right? Whether it's planning, whether it's strategy, whether it's reflecting, your negotiation skills, your communication is critical to you de-escalating. Now we're talking about de-escalating, right? So if you want to prevent, right, we talked about awareness and presence, but a lot of times you can see the bad guy coming. Not every time, you know, you can't stop crazy, but you can see the bad guy coming, right? And your ability to speak, your ability to take charge with your voice, your ability to keep your emotions in check, those are such valuable tools to your negotiation ability and your ability to, right, take charge of a situation, right? To de-escalate a situation, to control the scene of an accident, um, a medical emergency, right? Something happens with your kid. What do they always say with CPR? You call 911. That's communicating, right? That's not freezing. That's not, that's not, that freeze could be a delay. That delay could cost, right? So your ability to communicate and, and how you practice that, you know, I'll tell you like podcasting, uh, not for everybody, um, but as somebody who likes to talk, uh, talking into this microphone is still very hard, but I passionately believe that, you know, as sad as it sounds, like men need to learn how to be men. And if I can help do that, even for a hundred men, for a thousand men, if I can help men be better men and then they can help raise better men, then I will do everything I can to get better at communicating and, and nego essentially negotiating, right? Because I'm going to encourage feedback. And when people send me feedback, when my friends, you know, those close to me, when they text me, when they call me, when they say, hey, I really like this. What about this? That's us negotiating. We're having a conversation because they also agree in this message. They're taking the time to listen to me and they're y'all are giving me your feedback and I'm taking that on board. And when I get enough of the same feedback, I know, OK, I'm either doing something right or I need to relook at something. Right. But that's part of negotiating. Right. That's communication. Right. The opposite of communication is uh, living in your feelings, not talking, making assumptions. You know, if you're in a relationship, it's, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. That's not communication. Like there is no way you, a negotiation requires a back and forth, a give and take, right? And just shutting down or, you know, the opposite of communication and, and negotiating is this, the Twitter verse and the echo chambers created on social media. And, and that's just the absolute negative kind of communication. That is the negative uh, of what we're talking about here. That, that if anything, that is what a lot of our problems stem from is, is these echo chambers. And uh, so we want to get away from that. So um, we've done fitness. We've talked about self-reliance. We've talked about our negotiation skills. And the last thing we're talking about with, with capability that we need to develop is self-defense, right? This is a countermeasure to an attack. Defending yourself or those you love with violence if, if necessary, right? And part of self-defense is that verbal de-escalation, hence the negotiation skills, hence the emotional control and swallowing your pride. But you need to be prepared to match force on force 
up to and including snatching the life out of somebody. Okay. And a lot of this is it kind of like it ties back to fitness, right? A lot of these are interconnected, right? It kind of ties back to fitness, but it doesn't have to, right? I would just say based on the kind of fitness you like should also base on the type of self-defense you like. So if you are a, if you're a gym rat, but you know, and, and you like to fight, that's fine. If you don't like to go to the gym and you're more of like a walk around the block and kind of watch what you eat, well, then maybe you really work on your de-escalation and your verbal skills because you're not going to be able to fight and you're going to have to pull out a gun. So then you would need to be on the range an awful lot and be very proficient and maybe take some classes, make sure you know your safety laws, uh, the laws of your state, right? If, does that make sense, right? So me, I am trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat. I, I, I am comfortable with my hands. I am comfortable striking. I am comfortable grappling. Um, I am comfortable with Cali sticks in my hand that may or may not be in my car right now. I am very comfortable with my hands. Um, obviously, there's still a verbal de-escalation that needs to take place, a verbal judo, if you will. Um, but I am very comfortable with my hands. I also choose to carry. Um, when I'm home in Texas, I carry. So if you aren't comfortable with your hands, if you don't want to box somebody's face in, like, and if you don't want to snatch somebody's throat, you need to be exceptional at your awareness. You need to be exceptional at seeing the bad guy coming and removing you and yours from that situation. If and when it happens, you need to get other people involved to help de-escalate. You need to use your words. If you don't want to strike and you don't want to get hands on, I would argue some cops, right? That again, law enforcement, don't beat me up. This is an opinion. For outside looking in, I would think if people were trained in jujitsu or some kind of striking krav maga boxing i would think if cops were in better shape and they were as confident you know i'm just speaking as a confident guy i am very confident in most situations and if i'm not confident i'm out of there because i don't want to ever have to draw the gun that is a absolute last resort but if you carry and you just think that's the end all be all and you're mediocre at carrying you have a, a a low level of fitness and you don't want to put your hands on somebody you better be the best most hyper alert aware person and you better have damn good negotiation skills when the time comes all right because i'm telling you right now the last thing any of us want to do is have to pull that gun and shoot somebody that that is a i imagine that is the most scary moment in somebody's life even if they're right and right um you know in iraq we'd say better to be judged by 12 than carried by six, right? Who the hell wants to die? Like, I get it. I, I would rather pull the trigger if I felt my life was truly in jeopardy. And then it's a roll of the dice with the court system, but at least you're alive to fight it. You know, I, I would just, I would hate to play Monday quarterback and realize I missed six signs of walking away because I was in my phone and I wasn't paying attention or I missed the opportunity to maybe, you know, before, a weapon became necessary, I missed some other opportunity. And that's what I would say to that. So, all right, guys, I am just ripping through this and I'm, uh, I'm about to take a sip of coffee, but um, let's recap, right? So we're becoming dangerous. This is part two, increasing capability. Uh, next week, we will talk about intent um, and understanding what that means. Um, but increasing capabilities, gentlemen, never satisfied always room for improvement. 
you can absolutely teach a dog new tricks. I told you, I didn't start reading books till I was about 32, 33 years old. Um, and I really got into it. You know, once I got rid of football, I just had all the time in the world. And I, I've probably read, I don't want to estimate, but I, I know for a fact I've read over 100 books in the last few years. And it's just, it's making the time to learn, making the time to want to do it, right? Uh, and obviously, I just advocated for reading. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of books. So um, with that, capitalize on what you're good at. Identify areas you'd like to get better at, new skills that'll benefit you. With those skills, hire coaches. You can attend seminars. I personally look forward, if you follow Pat Mack, uh, basic dude stuff, I absolutely want to attend one of his seminars when I get out. You know, there's YouTube. There's so many ways you can challenge yourself and, and, and work on these skills and abilities we're talking about. Fitness, that's, a, you know, walk around the block, uh, go for a walk after dinner, uh, drop down, do some push-ups, do some body weight stuff. Really, you know, fitness also kind of ties to your food and what you eat. Um, you can lose more weight in the kitchen than you can in the gym. I can promise you that. Um, we talked about self-reliance, relying on your own powers and resources rather than that of others, right? Give a man to fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. We are teaching here. We're not trying to give you anything for the day. Um, your negotiation skills, your verbal judo. And then lastly, your self-defense, right? Training in martial arts, training in a striking, training in a grappling, kind of ties to your base of fitness. Um, and then if you choose to carry, you have to put in time at the range. You have to practice and you have to know your local and state laws. Uh, gentlemen. Uh, again, I cannot thank you enough for putting in the time with me. I thank you for your patience and Hey, your feedback. Um, and if there's any women listening, your feedback is welcome as well. Um, this is becoming a dangerous man. Um, but you're the better, you're, you're the better half, you know, uh, you're, you're the other half, the equation of a good relationship, a good partnership. And, uh, hopefully you can get something out of this too. And again, really look forward to you guys's, uh, comments. Uh, the website is still in progress. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, but certainly leave us a rating and review, hit subscribe, hit follow. Uh, every Monday and Thursday we'll be doing this. And please uh, phone a friend, tell a friend, text a friend. Hey, check this podcast out. Gentlemen, go out, be better, be better today, be better tomorrow and have a good day.